Welcome to the Deborah Unfiltered Podcast. We are your hosts, our Mary, Dr. Nafi, and Anafai Budnar. We are here to educate, empower, and engage you. Today, our episode is going to be a very interesting one. We will be discussing colorism and body shaming. So body shaming manifests itself in many ways. It starts sometimes from criticizing your own appearance um, or criticizing others' appearance in front of them or even criticizing others' appearance without their knowledge. So no matter how body shaming manifests, it, it often leads to comparison and, and shame. And sometimes it even perpetuates the idea that people should be judged mainly by their physical experiences. So ladies, I know this is definitely one that is going to be a fun discussion, but also very informative. And we'll hopefully we'll be able to share some tidbits so people can learn some, some tips and, and how to, push through in societies where body shaming is so pervasive. Um, so I wanted to ask our Mary, what do you think about this topic of body shaming, especially in our communities in, in the continent of Africa? Um, thank you, Anna. So I think really body shaming, when you think about the whole concept right now, um, especially in Africa, um, you know, being, well, growing up um, more in the Western part of westernized world i would say especially in the united states um it's one that most people there are very conscious they're more conscious about like maybe discussing weight issues and such and so coming into the continent um you find that people are very brutal and very honest um to the point where they're actually um really shattering your your image your self-confidence and so on but i think it goes further uh than that it goes back to our really colonial days of you know um in terms of not only body shaming but really in terms of colorism um you know going into slavery and so on and so forth so I mean, what I can give you is, that, for example, I mean, my own experience, right? So mm-hmm. um, let's say, I don't know, five years ago um, from now, I've always been a very thin girl, like growing up, I always was a very skinny girl. Um, and, you know, all through high school, I was called, um, you know, well, really some friends and such will call me half-life because they thought... I was literally that thin that, you know, anything could happen. I don't even own a full life. Like I can be a full life functioning. Um, so this thin, so they, they give you um, all these names and put stickers on you being so thin. And other parts of the world will look at that and say, oh, that's actually really nice. You're actually skinny and cute. But then growing up, I didn't have that self-confidence. Like I was too thin. I need to gain weight. And then, you know, fast forward to now after getting married and having my three children, and obviously I consider myself a little bit thicker, and now I'm trying to lose weight. And, you know, so it's like, no, um, you actually look better, but then depending on where you are in Africa, the continent, you still consider too thin or too fat. It's like you cannot fit in a box. And so, you know, when it comes in terms of body shaming or even... Um, anything to do with the body image, um, I think, I feel like, uh, you know, in Africa, they're a little bit more critical. Um, so that's from my own experience. But um, I'll have Nafi um, share a little bit about hers as well. 
Thank you so much, Awa. I mean, just listening to um, some of the things you said, you know, just it brings back some memories for me. Um, like you said, so back in the continent um, of Africa, it's it's a bit more, I would say it's part of the culture um, to just render your opinion to people when you were not even asked, pretty much. It's a culture where you just are free to talk about somebody's body without their permission, like on the streets, for example, people will, will make comments about your body. Family members will, you know, without being asked for their opinion, give you what their opinion of your body shape is and sizes and what it is that you should do about it. So pretty much the act of body shaming, it's just humiliating somebody or criticizing them about their body shape or size. So I, in Gambia, I remember people would say things like, I've always been skinny, you know, throughout my life. And um, people sometimes think that when you are on the skinnier side, you don't have as much issues or nobody picks on you. But you have to remember that depending on where you live, right? If you live in Africa, being skinny is mm -hmm. not, what, it's not what you want to be. It's not the thing. Right. Whereas mm -hmm. in the whereas in the U.S., when you're skinny, it's what is more desired, if you will. Right. And so people might give you more compliments when you are living in a Western world and skinny versus when you are living in, for example, Africa and skinny. I have heard things like chicken legs, toothpick, like mm -hmm. people call you all kinds of things because they think they can. And the thing is, you don't understand that you criticizing or humiliating that other person by calling them things, you know, it's, it does something to their psyche. If the person is not strong enough, that could actually scar them psychologically, right? They start mm -hmm. losing self-esteem because of that. And we don't, well, I think the, 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 the thing we need to maybe highlight is that maybe culturally it's so acceptable that we don't realize it is causing so much psychological scarring. So I'll, I'll just, I'll just kind of say that for now and I'll pass it on to Anna and see if she has anything to add. Cause I know we all have a lot to talk about when it comes to right. this, but that's <laughs> kind of my, my first chance. So Anna, I'll, I'll let you go, go on and give some examples or, you know, give some experiences or anything like that that you've had with this. Yeah, well, I would just like to take it from when we're kids, right? When you're young. And I think naturally as Black parents, we tend to give more affirmations to our children about being proud of who they are, being proud of their skin tones and being proud of their the coils of their hair and the curls of their hair. Of course, in the U.S., that comes with, you know, also uh, warnings and messages of how it relates to social injustice. So I feel like Blacks and racial discrimination when you're living in the U.S. is just something you have to deal with, your children have to deal with at a young age. But I feel like also an important part of, you know, having our children grow up 
and learning to love their bodies starts with the toys. It starts with the books that they read, if they're able to see themselves in those books. And if, if what they're seeing is a positive image of themselves, then you also have dolls, right? Like buying black dolls and not buying white dolls. Um, and also toys. Toys are children's playmates. And, you know, they really equip children with confidence and ideas and dreams that, you know, mm -hmm. they really do carry on into their adulthood. And I just think it's important to, to foster positive identities for our children so that they're able to be proud of their own body parts. And also it starts with the parents. Like if your mom is constantly shaming herself like oh my god i'm so fat and you're always especially if you're a mom and you're always you know just being down on yourself your daughter is watching and then this is something right. that she's also going to repeat later in life right. so i feel like we have to be very careful when it comes to building our child's self-esteem and of course it's not an overnight process it takes daily work and awareness and I do these things with my kids where we have affirmations and I continue to reinforce positive imagery for them and I think you know in our current culture and the climate that we're in right now of course the changes that have happened since the beginning of the Black Lives Matter movement more white people are also aware of their responsibility and the role it takes in dismantling, you know, this, this kind of self-hatred that black right. people have. Because when you look at the media, when you look at TV shows, it's all of us trying to find ourselves in it. And when you don't see yourself in it, you're going to look at what's there. Mm -hmm. And if it's a skinny white woman, you know, you're thinking, okay, maybe I should be lighter and maybe I should be skinny, but our bodies are made differently. Mm -hmm. I mean, oh, Mary, I know you have kids too. So right. like, you know, from that aspect of as a mother and, you know, trying to reinforce positive body images for your children, how do you go about that? Um, that's true. So like, I mean, just, you know, you talking and so many things are just coming into it. Um, into my brain. And I'm just thinking representation matters, right? Because, you know, as kids, um, what are the first dolls that we we got? Like for us growing up, we didn't even have like the colored dolls, like we you know what they have now. So obviously my kids now can go in and to the American doll store, even Barbies and such, and they can get, you know, the colors that actually, you know, skin tone that are, that are closer to their skin so they can find that representation to see that that doll actually looks like them. We'll get storybooks that, you know, talks about their hair or their skin and so on and so forth. But for us growing up, we had, Domitubab, which is, you know, white dolls. That's what we had growing up. And so you look at that and those are the represent representations that we looked at for a very long time growing up. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, we had to look at that to say, this is the image we know as in, you know, you have to be skinny with long hair and pretty and, and um, you know, flat ironed or whatever, you know, your hair is straight. And that was the representation that we, we saw growing up that that's what looks pretty. So you have that kind of stuck in your head and to say that, oh, is, this is what looks good. And, and, and for a very long time, you know, this is what you had. And now you grow up, obviously, you have your own children and you're trying to change that. But in the same process, like you still have in some sort of way things that are stuck with you from back then. Because 
I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a person of diet because I just can't diet because Lord knows I love food too much. Um, but how many diets, how many diets are out there that actually fail? Like, you know, how many times do you see, I, I have friends that have been dieting since I've known them. Like, you know, I'm on this diet next, that's Jenny Craig. Then it's the other one. I can't remember all these and the keto diet. And I'm just like, Southeast diet. Oh right. my God. <laughs> all the names of the diets or the intermittent fasting and all these things that are now this popular things. And, and what we have to instead from my, from my kids standpoint is just, I'm teaching them to be healthy. Right. And mm-hmm. so for me, it's just be healthy um, and love the body that you in. I mean, every now and then I actually catch myself saying, Oh my God, I'm so fat. Look at my stomach. Right. And mm-hmm. then I have to remember, Oh my God. I mean, my kids are around. I have to be careful right. because they may look at that and later on they have a stomach and say, well, my mom said stomach is ugly. And so, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's all the words, be careful with the words. And then, so with mine, I have one that's really skinny because she doesn't like to eat. Um, and the other one that looks like a healthy, you know, 10 year old. And so with mm-hmm. the thin one, I even, I mean, used to call her toothpick and I'm like, like, you like spaghetti. And so I had to stop. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? Actually, it's not cute because I don't want her to have issues wondering, okay, I'm too thin. And I had to remember myself what I went through. And so now it's like, let's try to be healthy, eat foods that are going to make you healthy or take your vitamins and make sure in some sort of way you active and putting them in things that they are active. So they, it becomes a lifestyle rather than us that we didn't have it as a lifestyle. Like for us, you know, I mean, you remember I went to Gambia high school at Gambia high school, we played rounders. And I was never picked because I couldn't catch a ball. I couldn't hit a ball. So, <laughs> um, so I was one that would watch the book bags underneath the tree. I was not active at all. Like, you know what I mean? Because I would be, you know, you have to watch, you know, you have to watch the stuff because you're not good. So you're not picked to do anything. And the PE from w- literally what I remember PE um, was just running around with shorts and that and. I remember stopping because every time I would run, boys will make fun of me because my boobs are jumping. And then they're like, oh, look at her. You know what I mean? So then you just don't feel like um, you, you empowered enough to be like, okay, let's get some sort of physical exercise. Maybe things are different now. I'm not mm-hmm. sure, but I know in the continent was very different. And so my lifestyle of getting into sort of, you know, walking or Zumba or anything physical fitness wise, it's something that I got into myself, knowing that this is what would be good and, and healthy enough for me because I did not grow up seeing it. You know, mm-hmm. both parents were, um, you know, Korea people. My dad worked and my mom worked. And when they came home, it wasn't that. I mean, once in a while we would eat dinner and then my dad would go take a walk and we'll go take a walk. But that was the most exercising we did. Mm-hmm. So we didn't mm-hmm. grow up seeing that. So I'm not sure, mm-hmm. um, you know, what you guys, uh, I, would, I would like to hear from your point of view, you know, what you guys did growing up and then what you're doing with your children as well. Um, it's it's quite interesting. Um, growing up, uh, I wouldn't body body image issues. As you get older, I would say things like I I some of these things haven't personally happened to me. But I mean, I I you live around you know the neighborhood. You hear people being called. You know you know so when you really you know so give me 
people are always, you know, kind of saying these things or shaming you for something about your body Mm -hmm. uh, that they think maybe is not beautiful, right? Mm -hmm. And then then we have all these names for people. Looking back now, you know, a lot of people I went to school with had names. And it's just, you know, nicknames for a body part of yours that might not be desirable to everybody else. And they call you that as a nickname to, to um, uh, you know, uh, make fun of you. Like people will say things like Kamambe for somebody who's <laughs> like, do you guys remember that? Of course. Yeah. I remember a guy was, his name was Dix. I mean, because he looked, yeah, like, exactly. he looked like a rat. I mean, I don't, exactly. I don't say it like that, but I remember him huh? vividly people will call there's another guy that would say nopa nopa jang like things exactly. like you're very right that is so you know true. so true like it, it's it's thinking about things like that you know can you just imagine that person's like the the trauma they have where everywhere they walked people were calling out the one maybe thing that they were insecure about about their body Right. People have mm-hmm. nicknames for them, you know, Nopa. I've heard people be called Nopa. Right. Because for they sure. have big ears, you know what I mean? And so we need to make sure. So we have normalized these things in our culture. Right. Where mm-hmm. we we make fun of people. We, we embarrass them based on certain parts of their bodies that we don't think is, uh, uh, you know, it's flattering. And so we need to be mindful, you know, I mean, and we need to make sure we say this in Wolof and we say it in Mandinka, you know, as an early, from early childhood, you know, and you hear it over and over every day, yange oye halebili, diko, 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 so we're always body shaming at such an early age. And then you wonder why is it that people are losing their self-esteem and confidence, which kind of ties into a lot of what we're going to talk about also, which is, which is colorism, right? right. And, and, and why we emphasize what certain people's colors are versus other people. Huh? In Gambia, we see mm-hmm, right. you know people, have you not right. heard that? Yeah. No, no, right. Yeah. I've heard that. And nothing, why are we to... calling people that? Oh, go ahead. Our go ahead. No, no, it's fine. I actually, because you said that, I don't want to forget this point. Actually, especially the people that are disabled, laughing. I hate that word. I hate that word. It's it's very common. So you're disabled. So literally, you know, calling you, I don't know what, what laughing would be in English. Yeah, okay, I can't even think yeah. of it right now. I mean, it's. Um, like a paralyzed person. I mean, a who paralyzed has- person, but I don't know. Yeah. Paralyzed is actually, I feel, I feel like it's even, you know, like a, a little bit proper, you know, so. Somebody who is a quadriplegic maybe or a paraplegic. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so being called that instead of, you know, um, by their name, it's just like laughing. Yeah. Or Dudu. I remember this guy was named Dudu laughing. Like, I just remember mm-hmm. oh. Dudu, Dudu something laughing. I just don't remember the name, but I remember a guy 
with that name because he used to limp a little bit. Okay, yes, yeah, the word, the limp. Sorry, I couldn't even think of it. You know, calling you a limp guy instead of because mm-hmm. you're limping mm-hmm. a little bit, you know. Um, so can you imagine like putting your, putting that person down constantly? And I see that it's, it's, it's still happening. Um, that might be even episode by itself just to talk about this, you know, the disability, um, population in the disabled population in the Gambia, but yeah, go on. I'm sorry. Right, right. No, that's the, that's a great point that you just made. And so we just need to, you know, we talk about these things because we want to highlight what some of these issues are and also to make us more aware because honestly, we all need to unlearn a lot mm-hmm. of things. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We thought we're culturally okay, culturally acceptable practices, which in real life, they are not acceptable. You know, Mm -hmm. and so we need to make sure, you know, this is an opportunity for us to, again, educate each other, engage in, you know, each other in a conversation in our own households where we talk about this. Right. So I'm going to just quickly say something in Manding. Uh, Ibe dindingo fenjube la dindingo bala muya lonko maybe amari amalutala lefanga balobala iba kumandila wala ibe tod sifado dilala muya lonko aba malundila le lungolun sate wakono mobeka kumandiwo tola muya lonko akatina le dindingo you know ae doya fanti you know dindingo ba mira le kake manke fenti ndu nyininka nyinke ndingola nka nyinke ndomala nka ke nyola Abatinalaleko, you know, mo jamal ibela confidence or abetala lebalale. Ita mira lako imu mo betoti fangotifam. Because molbe twanyin naibe fenkol. So alinkang hakilotu, ninga moje walanga nyoje mfangol, hanin fansun suol kono. Mbebe su kilingo kono mbe nyo kumandila to si fala mbe nyumbe jelela nyola, wala bama ba fola dingwe jubebe findi nyame nko karera poto. Wol be mu feneti muya long konyan tankang hakilo tu ka dindingol kumandi wonyonku si fala. Yo, because ninga dindingo meta o mwila. Nika dindingo kumandi fenna muya long ka mambetea. Ika kumandi la watu wati na ke ba yata, wobi tula hakilo konole. Ibaji la labi atina confidence sotolat, abinake la mwaliti muya longko, ata mira late mufenti, dunyakon. Because ala family fango, wole wole atina aketa wonya. So alinga hakilo tu ninga mwalje mbe kumandila tola mbafola do yete jube mesiare nko fitara nkeso. Ndebe ntolbenga wasoto jile. Ndebe ndima mwaja malka nkumandi walebeta amala mbedoka ndolbafola ala nyisinkala mesengo uljube baisafo ko teninte ninte. So alinga hakilo tu nka onyonku usifa ke dindingol la nyantele ke dindingol. Kuo muya lonko abe dindingol abadoo ya ndila afantile alinga kata nkakari woke nyola. Nga alone watidol ninkake. Mbuka mira kwa mkuu kurunti. 
mbejelela mba afola mamira ko yembe tulungol la doro bari alinga hakkilotu diamu sifa dolbije tulun sifa dolbije amam betia purunka ke dindingolla because abina atina la samadi andi la fanti so alinga hakkilotu bi kachamu woleti mbediamula mbembe kuma dolfo la nyato do mandi about nganyojube nyamen ku sifa mum fonyoe ani nyantaka kata you know kudol bi ja metan ton ka ke kabrim mamani mumola ku fe wato bari wo matin na keta fuku betati so ninga karan ko he nyinde amambete ya dindingol to wala dindingol bala yo ninga karan nga fembeto karan silanka o ken ka ku jamal fale muyalon ko amambete ya silanka trying ka kool ke muyalon ko wala betia tay be dindingol you know ni ke ba te be kala ke ba fenkol ti sama sinin oy confidence so to fanti you know So I'll, I'll let you guys take it away. Um, I think uh, either Anna or um, our Mary, you guys can, uh, we can talk a little bit more about colorism if you guys like and just kind of go from there. Yeah, sure. So before we get into colorism, I just wanted to share, um, our Mary was asking how we grew up. So I grew up in a household where my dad was an athlete. So my dad used to play soccer and my dad was also a track runner. So he was very active. And I remember, so it's six of us in my family. My mom and my dad have six kids. And my childhood, I remember my mom being pregnant like all the time. <laughs> and so we were always at the stadium in Bacau. And my dad would be training because he would have, you know, like track students that he would be teaching how to run and like javeling and like, like triple jump. So he was kind of a coach. So he would be training his students on the different events and we would be on the track with him. And my mom would be doing laps because she's pregnant. So she's getting in her steps and we will be on our bikes and on the weekends we would go to the beach and my dad will always have us race and I just happened to have like two really fast sisters and both of them actually ended up going to the um, junior Olympics here nice. in the U.S. Um, so I really grew up in a very active household where, you know, working out and exercising was part of our daily life. However, we were very skinny kids. And I remember, um, you know, relatives coming over and saying to my mom, oh, your children have very thankless bodies. Your fridge is full of food. You always have food in your house and it doesn't show on them because mm. we were all so skinny. And then you also have like cousins, like much older cousins who would come over. And I remember they used to call my sisters and I, chef de, chef de ngunya, chef de kong, because we were so skinny. <laughs> And those names really followed us right. for a long time. And they were not the most flattering names. Like, like I didn't even know what right. was, you know? So I was just like, okay. But I just wanted to say that Nyun Gambian B, then what about the Aji Sundomi? They have the Aji, Aji Jikobo, Hamne Jikobo Bonla, because that is the voice that's gonna play in their head so yo yangi aji sa domineko yo asa bopo burebi yo yasa tunbile yo sa yel you say we later on in life sumage neka jangha buga sol i sipa you got out of a halada why bugo suma early one suma early den sew suma early den wow wala muy wa buga sol high heels dem club munginan ah man do my buga sol dalabu because they want us to my early sewi. So we have to realize nyun gambian in a ajigilen wara bai, nyun nyo wara neka, nyun parents, nyo wara 
reinforcing dom yi jox len affirmations ñu xamne dia beautiful wax len sa dom bu ñool bi dafa rafet sa dom bu xex bi dafa rafet because sometimes also what you have like in my family ñun dañ yaro ci kër bo xamne man suma ya du gambien tanzanie la joggé ñoo ñi xamne fiñ joggé in tanga tubabi tubabi dañ fa laal so dañ xex dañ xex ba paré dañ fa am indian tamit so suma ya dafa xex ba paré suma pa ñool ko so ñun suñu family bi between suñu taw bi ba suñu chat bi you will literally hit the entire color spectrum suñu chat bi gina hers den suñu taw bi ñool den man mang sidiga den cheikh tidiane ak sidiga wonte ñun dañ yaro ci kër bo xamné ndax da nga hers ndax da nga ñool was not an issue that ever came up the only time it came up was when outsiders would come into our home and they would try to bring the divide yeen mo mutu len sen yaay hers pej ba pare ngeen dur dem nuru sen papa so it was right. like okay because we look like my dad does that make us less desirable mm-hmm. or are we not beautiful mm-hmm. because we have more of his skin tone yen kay je moy tubabi because je mo mo hers je mo jeul sa yaay you know so it's like then what a buy hello wala yenay da nga am bena family nga am ko hers koku duñ ko yoni koku duñ ko guiné lo ci natch bi koku duñ ko ni demal jëndi mata way way xale bu jigen bu ñool bi way yu demal jëndi mata Wow, you okay. you 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 know why why you, you you wanna buy? which also helps us transition into the the topic of colorism yeah. so I would definitely love to hear from you our Mary first because you grew up in a home well you're a product of a biracial relationship right. mm-hmm. so being a light skin Gambian with long beautiful hair i would love to hear what your experience was like um mm-hmm. so yeah so i mean you just actually you just did that where you said long beautiful hair right so because mm-hmm. you know people already have that perception that you know when you have mixed kids you have long mm-hmm. beautiful hair i mean not to say my hair is ugly obviously mm-hmm. but um you know it's the same thing that i get over and over where people are pointing at my hair like you have the fine hair you have the nice hair and my sister doesn't because my sister has the kinky hair so it's almost like i have the pretty hair and she doesn't because um you know anna like you said i'm a product of biracial my mom's spanish you know my dad is gambian obviously um and it's five of us and so with the five of us like even though we all you know light skin we have different shades you know my sister's a little bit darker than i am um but she has kinkier hair she has a lot of qualities like my dad um you know obviously i have really long hair and i'm a little bit fairer um and you know i have that hair texture of my you know in between my mom and dad but really i have really fine hair where i have waves and not even curls um and then you know i have a brother you know who's the fairest of all of us like he literally is so white like we literally we always tell him and now that we're talking about this i'm actually even thinking because i'm constantly telling him like literally yesterday i'm watching an interview and i'm telling him you need to tan like you need a tan honey because you are so white like you pasty because he is so fair um that you know we we push him that because you know he obviously um you know wants to be darker like we are because obviously you know his hair is one he has really curly hair but then really pasty color and then the rest the two you know with my brother um one of my brothers who um now lives in Ireland he actually when he was born and growing up he had blonde hair um until later on um in high school where his hair color uh, started to change but for the longest he had this light 
um, hair with really, really big curls. Like, you know, you would almost, you know, question, um, <laughs> you know, like, is he part of the family or what? And then he had, and he has really thin lips, like my mom's lips, you know, we have a little bit fuller lips, like, you know, with, with the African. So, um, you know, genetics is very funny how it plays. Um, and so even though we come from biracial product, um, and I'm light skinned, I married obviously a Gambian and African man, and my kids are also different. I mean, they're all uh, chocolate, but obviously they all come in different shades. And you're right. I mean, to this day, I mean, I still hear like my middle child is a little bit darker and people always tell her that, oh, she's the darkest one. So she's the ugliest one. And so, and I'm like, just because she's darker, she's like, oh, she must have gotten more of her dad um, color. And to me, I'm just like, they're all so beautiful. They all look like milk chocolates to me. Um, But to be honest, you know, even my own sister as well, where she has her own kids, you know, she has a boy and a girl, you know, the boy is completely, you know, just, just black. Um, You know, you can't tell there's anything mixed in him. And then, you know, um, her daughter is very light. I mean, literally the same complexion as her. And so she got that constantly um, to a point where her son would also feel like, you know, am I not pretty enough? Um, I mean, am I not handsome because, you know, the color of my skin? And so it goes into, I mean, colorism, it's so broad. But at the same time, you know, we go there and where people have this notion of, Oh, you grew up light skinned, so you have no problems. You had no issues. Like, you know, you have no, like, for me, growing up in the Gambia, going into the United States um, to where I am today, um, I think growing up in the household where our par- my parents really made it so secured for us to be comfortable with our skin, that's what really helped me. Because in the Gambia, in primary school, when I went in, I was bullied for the color of the skin. They called me Tubab. Um, which is a white person. They've called me disappointed to Bob. They've called me yellow woman. They've called me nar. Um, they've called me all these, you know, horrible things that, you know, I would go home and cry or even tell my dad they call me these things because I didn't feel like I fit in. Or your hair, you picked in. Or to Bob didn't tell him, to Bob sango. You know, all these things oh. that they already put for you. And I grew up with that constantly hearing it constantly so this was the gambia and then i moved to the united states at the age of 17 16 17 and i go there go to college everything was fine i'm considered black and i'm like oh good i'm black until you go into get into the workforce so i got into the workforce and then they're like oh um so you're not african-american you're actually african so you don't understand our struggles so you're not black enough because you're actually too light so and then i'm like okay where do i fit in i don't fit in black I don't feel an African-American. I don't feel an African. Where's my box? So for the longest, like I would literally create my own box and put biracial because I'm like, you know what? If you guys don't want to accept me here and I don't want to be, you know, nobody's accepting me there, I'll create my own box. So I would put every employment or anything surveys that I would have to fill out. I'll put a little create a box and put biracial. So I'm like, I don't fit somewhere. Let me create my own. And so it took a lot of, you know, work, you know, to say that in myself to say, you know what, it's their problem. It's not mine. It's them. They have the issue. I fit in any box that I can. You know, I want to. I'm black. I'm African-American. I consider myself as a black person. Um, And I should not have to explain myself to anybody else. But just because 
you know, I have the skin color that people think, okay, you know, you're great. People are trying to bleach or white women are trying to tan to be like you. Don't assume that we don't have our own problems as well. Wow. That's thanks for that insight. Our thanks for sharing. Quite interesting how we don't always see the struggles on the other side, right? Mm -hmm. And so naturally a lot of people might just say, Oh, she's light skinned, so she has it all made up. She's you know, she she has no struggles, right? Right. Because she's lighter than certain people. So pretty much colorism in general right it's just pretty much the 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 prejudice or the discrimination against individual with darker skin tone and it's usually amongst people of the same racial group Mm -hmm. that are doing this Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. and 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 the whole concept of lighter is better this is something that you know, goes all the way to uh, uh, like before colonialism, right? But colonialism really highlighted these things where it created hierarchy um, where light skin usually poses, you know, uh, a level of privilege right? over, over the dark-skinned individual. And so mm-hmm. not only is this a colorism an issue in the continent of Africa, but it's in places like Asia, right? Mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. I have friends I have friends who are Asian, Indian, and uh, like uh, Chinese and Japanese, who also like have the same struggle in their communities. Where if you are a if you are Indian, for example, but you are a little bit dark skin Indian from South India, let's say, um, you get treated differently than the lighter skin Indian. Right. And then you have a lot of the times where when they write out their um, marriage proposals, things called like a, they call it biodata. I am pretty you, you guys mm-hmm. will come to find out I'm, I'm very Indian. I know quite a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> about this community. <laughs> you know, I grew up here in the U.S. mostly with Indian friends. And so I get to see a window of what their world is. And there's quite a bit of similarities when it comes to colorism, just the way that we have our own colorism issues in, in, in Africa. And so you would have them, uh, for example, if you're looking for a wife or something, you know, that in the Indian society, you would have them describe things like fair. I'm looking for a fair skinned person. You know, those that are a little bit darker, uh, you know, are, are like almost... Uh, pushed into having to lighten their skin, right? To become more desirable, to become uh, something that men would want to marry. And so this whole thing that we have in Africa, uh, it goes a long way, right? This is not new, but where we see um, magazines, right? Where magazines usually will pick light-skinned women uh, and, and, and put them as their cover page. Mm-hmm. And so we, we, we see this subconscious messages and social cues growing up that sticks in our minds and it's subconsciously telling us lighter is better darker is ugly right Mm -hmm. in Gambia we say to each other like we just said we call people nyule ninga nyule ninga nyawe so nyul and nyaw is pretty much you know uh seen as the same thing you know, so mm-hmm. you know, like, for example, you know, uh, in Mandinka, 
they will say things like uh musukoyo sasaboro you know nkaofo watu wati musukoyo sasaboro that pretty much translates as a lighter skin woman is the medication of all diseases mm. what the are you te- what are you teaching your dark skin kids mm. right mm-hmm. so we are saying to the, the people i mean these are things that are celebrated and there are songs about it when i was growing up um so my dad is is much darker he's like dark chocolate and my mm-hmm. mom is more like um uh, uh milk chocolate right and so we are kind of in the middle so i am more milk chocolate but in my family i have sisters and my brother was more dark chocolate like my dad but then you would sometimes hear people not necessarily my parents did not make us feel um any sort of way about our skin so that has helped me tremendously to become so confident in who i am right i was never like you know uh t- told that you know danga nyul danga hairs this and this and that so it it makes me more secure in who i am mm-hmm. right but but nevertheless you hear it in our community in your cousins mm. the aunts people are talking kida fa nyul kida fa hairs you know kind of a comment that you get and it starts to tell the kid psychologically right it tells them that Oh you know man maybe man rafetuma you know and and the thing is we have to be very mindful because it becomes more hurtful when it comes from family people that are closest to you calling you names telling you that you don't look so beautiful because you're darker you know what i mean with words like musukoyo sasaboro people singing it in songs light skin women are the medication of diseases for us right so and then people mm-hmm. are laughing you know men laugh about that and say oh that's true you know she's light skin so we're teaching you know i i uh, this is a bit off topic but i i i heard in in gambia i think uh, in the last year where they were talking about i know that in the past there has been banning of skin bleach in gambia and so mm-hmm. and so now there is a motion to legalize it again because uh, to so that people women can freely bleach their skin or whatever right and so my 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 main focus of 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 discussing is we need to i'm 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 not here to debate for or against skin bleach right so and i want us i don't i don't want our listeners to feel like we are picking on anybody for the choices that they have made what i want people to take away from this discussion is that let's talk about the issue that there is colorism that it is causing our children boys and girls to lose their self esteem and confidence and pride in who they are mm-hmm. and so psychologically people are having to resort to doing better right or changing who they are for 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 example people you know we have again skin bleaching in gambia i have seen that people have gone to the extent of burning their skin manbimaneke a little girl in gambia our neighbor when she just had a baby and so you hear people telling her 
torturende kultuti hanga sahew bangenyo hesalal tuti i mean i don't know if you guys are familiar with this word nyaral but when i was a kid i would mm-hmm. hear people say that ki dafa nyaral meaning if you just had a baby for example you know how they do the party in one week right mm-hmm. and so and so you pretty much have to bleach your skin in that one week meaning right. in a very rapid rapid uh, uh process and what that entails is ne danga danga jil kom soda yo you know back in the day soda yin dan use mm-hmm. nga rip ko ci satan kay saloxoy legue legue nga jel mbous taka ko ci dem teda gudi oh my god no this is this is let me right. i mean yeah real are tying plastic bags on their body parts purutisa chisa om yeksa li funyuli nga jel plastic bag bi taka ko ci kaw soda bi nga teda mom mbous bi be suba nga gene ko and and what that was doing was it was literally cooking your 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 epithelial scale like mm. your epidermis it's peeling so skin so top skin be it's peeling it off literally right right and right. it's what it's doing people think that they were bleaching their skin but they were just just peeling and burning their top layer to reveal the red lower layer of your skin it looks a little bit lighter because it hasn't been exposed to the sun mm-hmm. but sooner or later once it gets exposed to the sun long enough it'll also get darker and then you feel the need to again nyaral again so this process of of just you know you you're causing damage uh, to your skin right it it ends up causing irreversible damage to the skin scarring of the skin tissue discoloration mota ngay de gis ño xamne legi legi they have this darkened skin they have like a greenish bluish skin tone right. to parts of their body sen bati ame dark skin color yo xamne du de muna genat it's all from scarring your skin because you have uh, injured your your top skin over and over again with these mm. products right? so legi legi ñu helal nit ñi ñu xam my thing is there is a reason why we do that why do we feel the need to go through extend uh, you know uh, 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 thing is you know we we take these drastic measures just to feel beautiful right these women mm-hmm. are burning their skins literally sometimes they turn into gum gisnga right so you you causing wound, wounds on your skin all in the name of beauty and that's because our culture has pushed that in our minds ne nga hes mo mo gena rafet so nyule so ko defer nini nyunge dem toward to towards taking extends uh, steps in in harming themselves you know back in the day i'm talking about back in the day bi neke hale lege lege nga gis meri meri neka si koñ bi ah sen har kana mi nyunge xong kha choy from bleaching until this day yeah right it's not like yeah, it's, i i was just going to say nafi it hasn't it hasn't 
it hasn't gotten any better or any worse. I just think that the ways of bleaching have mm-hmm. become a little bit more modernized, right? So now you can take a pill mm-hmm. and, or now you could go into a bleaching salon because they have those in mm-hmm. Nigeria and Benin and other countries where you literally come in and they give you a magazine and it's like, pick what mm-hmm. color you want to be by the end mm-hmm. of this process. So these things are still happening. And I think you know, the bigger conversation is that we all need to understand at the end of the day that, you know, we as black people come in different shades and we just need to learn to accept that. And it always Mm -hmm. starts at home. Mm -hmm. I cannot stress enough the importance of parents and the impact that they have on their children, because before you're exposed to the world and before you go out to face the outside it's what is happening at home what are the messages that we're sending to our children Mm -hmm. how are we affirming them and making them feel loved and accepted and that they're enough as they are because Mm -hmm. you come into the world the way god made you and that should be enough of course we want to touch a little bit on you know, plastic surgery, because now in Gambia, especially all over Africa, but also in Gambia, we are getting more into plastic surgery. We're getting brave before it was a white people thing. It was two bops that do plastic Mm -hmm. surgery, you know, blacks don't do plastic surgery, but now that's not the case. We're, we're earning more, we're more exposed, we have access. So we're venturing into, you know, like liposuctions and like, you know, like um, breast implants, breast reduction, mm-hmm. breast implants, mm-hmm. um, or even, you know, shaving off your arm. I've, I've, I've seen so many. And unfortunately for us, we're a small country. So when these things happen, mm-hmm. you know, pictures can leak or people's private, you know, journeys are shared when they share with a best friend, the best friend mm-hmm. shares with the world. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, something that was private is now, you know, fodder for for the rest of the community to laugh at and to have their own opinions on Mm -hmm. but I just feel like you know when it comes to plastic surgery my personal you know um, opinion about that is to each their own if you have the money if you feel it's something that's going to make you feel better about yourself if it's going to elevate your lifestyle whatever it's your choice but I personally I just feel like you can get to the place you want to get to if you put in the work. Yes, it's lo- it takes longer to work out and exercise to get a flat stomach after two kids or three kids, but it's a process, you know, and make it a lifestyle instead of paying money to just jump, go into the doctor, get your belly, you know, chopped off. And then now you have other complications. I know, Nafi, you're the doctor, so you would speak more to this. But what do you think of, African and especially Gambian women now, you know, being so eager to get on the table to get things cut up and snipped up. See, I would say this is this is the thing. Um, again, like Dolly Parton says, right? If 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 you see something about yourself, you know, that you want to change, she said, you know, tuck it, suck it, nip it, do whatever <laughs> you want to do. Right? That's right. Whatever you gotta do, make you feel right. So for me, I'm not uh, personally for or against it. If it's gonna give you a boost of confidence, make you make you feel better about yourself, the only danger zone is that if you're doing it for the wrong reason, right? So for somebody who feels their worth and their self esteem only comes from the way that they look, that is a flag. 
right? Because you're not always going to be happy about what you look like unless you get reinforcement from outside, right? right? So you got people have to be very careful because a lot of these plastic surgeries that you're doing in developing countries where um, you don't even know who the surgeon is, well, heck, you don't even know if they are a surgeon for God's sakes, right? Right. Oh, no. and so and so you go there, you get a you get this surgery done, and so you're left with like pretty bad healing wounds. You're left with infections. Mm-hmm. You're left with botched surgeries because you're trying to save a dollar or two. So you go to a place where it's cheaper, but not thinking that you know because it's cheaper, you might be opening yourself to more risks. Uh, you know, and you might lose your life for that, right? There are people who go to Mexico, go to other countries just because they're trying to get, you know, and even within Africa, right? Mm -hmm. You're trying to get a Mm -hmm. cheaper deal there. And you need to be very, very careful because a lot of these uh, places that you might go to, there's not a lot of accountability Mm -hmm. and there's not a lot of regulation as far as patient safety. So you Mm -hmm. may end up, you may end up worse than you started and you may end up even losing your life in the process because you're sitting in a godforsaken place trying to heal from an infection. You have not seen the doctor in five days. You're having a fever. You have pus coming out of your infections, you know, your surgical sites. The next thing people know, you're dead. Mm-hmm. Right. And all because you're trying to change something. So there, there has to be a fine line of be very careful. Try to find safer place to do surgery if that's what you choose to do. However, there has to be, there's a, the reasonings why you're doing it also plays part in it, right? Mm-hmm. So, with, for example, just to branch off when it comes to um, uh, of bleaching. And, and so you want to find out or ask why somebody bleaches their skin, right? And this topic is very colorism brings us to 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 bleaching because if there was no colorism i don't think people would be bleaching right we need to make sure we understand that mm-hmm. if we are not if we're not telling dark skinned women that you are less desirable mm-hmm. you are people will not find the need to bleach their skin right. absolutely. absolutely and what happens is this is a very you know a hairy subject because people get upset that, oh, you're judging me because I'm doing this, I'm doing that. There's no judgment here. I can say that safely. I believe we all have people in our uh, uh, families, whether close or extended family, that bleach their skin. So this is rampant in our community. Mm -hmm. It's rampant, it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. So we're not not necessarily picking on anybody. This is not an us versus them of a problem. This is our problem. We need to get to the bottom of why people feel the need to bleach their skin. And it all starts with the cues, the subconscious messaging, the social cues we give our young ones that if you're darker, you're ugly. If you're lighter, you're more desirable. So we get this feedback as a child. When we get a little bit older, right? We got to put it all out in the front street. Why the need to learn? That's where you got to ask, yeah. what is the need? 
ah suma yaram bi de nekhut mahara malera you can say that you are confident you can say that you are you have high self esteem but scientifically right research has shown that psychologically there is a reason there's a factor of low self esteem lack of confidence that drives people to bleach their skin because i have yet to find one person who is so confident in their skin color that they decided to bleach well, i have you. yet to I will tell you that most people like the ones that I've approached because I you know I'm always obviously wondering and obviously people might say oh why are you bothered because you're light skin um but I usually mm-hmm. ask like why did you decide to do that and you know most of the 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 answers that they give me um would be well it's a choice anyway um so damoko choose lege damo choose for the smoke colorbini and that's what it is and then, and I understand everybody has a choice so obviously you know um it is what it is but i think um you know other people you know depending on it a lot of them that i would say on the other side will be their husbands are making them because in jakarta for buka kohes so their husbands like lighter skin so they give them money to start bleaching now on the other hand i think all of this it goes back into social media so we look at social media right now right especially right now when it comes to body shaming and colorizing both so if you go to social media let's say you want to emulate rihanna or um beyonce or anybody like you know things like that where young girls are actually looking at it and so you know most of the 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 pictures that actually on the internet they've been photoshopped i mean you can literally you know make your waist smaller you can make your thighs not even have like a literally a pimple or anything like showing a, a mark or anything like that like um social media shows this other side that's not reality and so like going back mm-hmm. to even filters now which is another thing that i mean we we i mean my kids use the phones and we all laugh about some of these filters but the filters are making you know to a point where people don't even want to post their real self it's like i'm not good enough anymore mm-hmm. you use the filters to make yourself prettier so all that like you can make yourself lighter now with with filters and then you meet the person you like no because that filter made you look like you know you are my shade and now I'm meeting you and you know you are a different shade like you know who is this person mm-hmm. so you know with with filters making you do that you know you following these people on social media that obviously they're getting paid millions and millions of dollars and you helping them um obviously um you know maintain that that lifestyle and 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 that level of um of confidence um by you know watching them liking them and so on and so forth so young girls that are looking at that they start having issues by you know with themselves well i want to look like you know rihanna or i want to look like this and i want to look like that and you start you know wanting to lift a boob wanting to flat stomach wanting to lift your you know your your buttocks i mean you see all these kardashians now with the booties you know i love them to death but you know it's just like they trying to copy or you know other people want to copy mm-hmm. now you want to you know get a big booty mm-hmm. you know breast it in stomach flatter like yeah like i understand i mean going back to nafi what she talked about you know the you know the stomach hey i always say if i had the money i'll go get my stomach cut up and chop off and thrown away because because you know <laughs> you know because so you know so here's the thing right um so i, I can't remember i think it's called abdominal plasty or something whatever recta or whatever recti <laughs> 
you know, when you mm-hmm. lose the muscle from having three kids. So I, you like, I can't mm-hmm. do any sit-ups for it to go back. The only way to rectify it really, it's, you know, um, to get surgery. Um, so, right. you know, I have that always like, you know, but obviously I don't have that big of a stomach. So that's really good that I can maintain and exercising. So, but it doesn't heal that. Like, I think, you know, we've read so much, like, you know, you can heal it back, but it takes a lot of time and my daughter is now 10 years old. So I don't know if that's ever healing. Um, so, you know, in essence, I think, you know, what social media now has just been really tough to, to, to try to keep everybody grounded. Like before, you know, you Mm -hmm. had this where, you know, these are the, the, the creams you're using, but like, you know, Anna said, where people are doing shots now, they're taking pills. There's so much out there where people want to change the way they look because of what they're seeing on social media or what they're seeing on TV or somebody else that they want to emulate because they're never satisfied with who they are. But I think our message here, why we're talking about this is really because of our children. When do we stop that? Mm-hmm. You know, when do we mm-hmm. stop that? And I think, you know, th- things are changing, especially with black hair, because, you know, during our time, mm-hmm. it was all about relaxers. And now we have daughters that, you know, it's all about the natural hair. So I think it can yeah. be a gradual yeah. conversation that when we start talking about this, I mean, now we have the Lupitas that are coming out that are having that chocolate skin yeah. and, you know, Viola Davis and so on and so forth that people are admiring, like, oh, my God, like, look at her. There's this... um a Gambian model that I follow on Instagram, Adam Ajub, I think is her name. Her skin is like, you know, literally butter. Like, I don't know her personally, but I think she has this beautiful skin color. And I have, you know, a few friends with the same skin color. And I think, you know, people are being a little bit more secured about themselves, but still the culture is there. And we all have to be mindful for our daughters. We all have to be mindful for this next generation to make sure they are, you know, empowered enough by whatever they look like whatever mm-hmm. and it goes back mm-hmm. you know whether it's body shaming or colorism or you know mm-hmm. trying to fit somebody in a box like mm-hmm. that's just um, you know my take on it so Anna anything you want to add Anna. yeah I was just gonna say you know people in general don't belong in a box and I feel like when it comes to um, natural mm-hmm. hair you know, social media can be positive, it can be negative, it all depends on how you use it. Because if you look at, you know, the natural mm-hmm. hair phenomenon, um, you know, through through social media, you have, you know, um, vlogs about hair, you have hair bloggers, and you have other social media platforms where naturalists are coaching each other on how to go through transitioning. And I feel like the culture around black women's hair is by no means monolith. I personally have gone through my own hair journey. And I feel like, you know, just within the past decade or so, like at least a good 10 years, the rise of natural hair movement has really been accompanied by conscious rejection of the dominant Mm -hmm. beauty standards Mm -hmm. that are out here. And there's a celebration of Mm -hmm. natural hair, you know, and women are saying no to the relaxers. We grew up with, with our moms taking us to the salon with a box of dark and lovely mm-hmm, that's so right. they can, you know, perm your hair and you come home right. with tabs, mm-hmm. you know, or there's other products with chemicals in them that are so strong that it just right. doesn't work for us. But then, you know, now as an adult, especially with the Crown Act right. here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. just being passed, 
it's amazing because basically what it does, it says it ensures protection against discrimination exactly. based on race-based right. hairstyle by extending um, protection of hair texture and protective styles like locks and braids and twists. So people like me, I am rocking locks. I've been rocking my locks, you know, for about two, three years. And when I just got back from Gambia, when I would go for job interviews, I would mm. put on a wig because I didn't want them to see my locks because there's a judgment that comes with wearing locks, right? They see you just, just by sight. They've already decided they think they know who you Mm -hmm. are. So I would go in with a wig for my interviews and I would do an amazing job. Then they offer me the job I accept. And then first day of work, boom, I show up in my locks and it's such a shock for them. Like, Oh, what? Mm. And they don't know how to articulate themselves, how to say, you know, Oh, I I didn't. Oh, and it's like, yes, this is my hair in its natural state Mm -hmm. and it's beautiful and it's Mm -hmm. okay because, you know, here in the U.S., about 80 percent of black women feel like they have to change their hair from its Mm -hmm. natural state to fit in Mm -hmm. at the office. And I feel like that's just ridiculous. But it you know, I keep going back to just us as adults now that we're adults and we have children the idea of telling our children your hair's good mm-hmm. or your hair's bad or your skin tone is too dark you should lighten your skin tone and i feel like it's really sure. unfortunate we have to be the ones to find ways for our children mm-hmm. to learn and understand that it's okay that they are who they are yeah. and they don't need to change their Absolutely. physical attribute to fit in you know, then there's also the topic of rating. You know, girls will get rated by men. Oh, key mom ten la, yep. oh, key dime piece la, yep. key five la, key six la, you know, mm-hmm. key seven la. And it's like, you should, and then the lighter you are, of course, the higher your number. Oh, key da fahala hairs, did it boy, key eight la, key eight la. Hey, key mom da fanyul, key one la. And it's like, you know, as Gambians, I feel like we really need to start owning our blackness because you know black should be synonymous with glory and beauty not the way we use it as you know it should be synonymous with ugly and dark and Mm -hmm. dirty and dingy we need to start switching those ideas and it again it starts at home of course we also rate men because when you think about you know women rating men most of the time we're talking about you know, at least here in the U.S., we call it big dick energy, right? <laughs> you you see men she just... and, and they walk around <laughs> and they walk around, you know, with this big dick energy. And it's like, yeah, we think that men who have They're big darker. dicks, you know, have this confidence about them, you know, like they, they, they're more manly and, you know, they're not sissies and they're not weak. And, you know, most of the time, that's not the case here in the U S they'll rate a man by, you know, small, right. medium, large, and hung like a horse. Right. And you, and that's you, you don't know, girl, but you get. know, you know, you know, they usually <laughs> say the darker ones got it right. The mandingos, you know, the chocolate. Butters. Exactly. So let me just, yes. let me just say, cause I know I've mentioned this to you all before. Okay. So sometimes we have this, again, that's like colorism. We're saying that if you're darker, you got this. If you're lighter, you don't got certain things. As a, as yep. a physician, I've told you guys this, right? right. In, my, yep. in my line of work, I see a lot of penises. 
A lot of dicks, honey. It's okay. And with that said, I have seen them come in different co- colors. You know, I've seen, mm-hmm. seen some dark skinned brothers come in and they whip it out. And I'm like, what, 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 where's the rest of it at? <laughs> But I'm just right. So so and then you see and then you see a light skinned guy or even a white guy comes in, mm. you know, so in your mind, obviously because of prejudice that we've been taught, right. you're thinking, Oh my god, he's gonna be a shrimp. And then he drops it and you're like, I need to sit down. Never heard the shrimp before, but all right now. <laughs> Me either. Me either. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you guys have it? I mean, no, I, I mean, mean, so they... Right. I mean. Well, you, you're in essence, you're saying they got lobsters that are shrimp. So it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's always... But we have this mindset of believing certain things sure. that we're taught. Again, these sure. are all messages that mm-hmm. we... We, we try to, to, to grow up with and hold on to. So I, I, I would say that it doesn't matter what color, you know, to kind of bring it back to what we're saying. I don't think it matters what color you are, whether you're dark skin or whether you're light skin. I think that what um, what's most important is the self-acceptance and we need to be comfortable in our own skin. And we need to teach our children that because by telling them you're darker, you need to brighten your skin. What we're doing is we're stripping our young children of their self-esteem, of their confidence, and of their pride to be black. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. If you see a picture where in a portrait the dad is black and the mom has bleached her skin so much that she looks like an Asian woman, and then the children look dark, what are you teaching your child? Because if they look in the picture... Right. Because you as the and the thing is, I shouldn't just say that the mom, because this issue is now so deep in our society. Even men are bleaching oh, their yeah, skin exactly. because we have a, mm-hmm. there's this culture where, you know, it's shoved down our throat, you know, in our culture where you need to be lighter to be better. And there's this thing, uh, so, you know, the positive reinforcement. Right. So it's a never ending cycle. So if you're going to Right. And all of a sudden, and all of a sudden you start getting compliments. You're getting more attention from the opposite sex. You're getting gifts because you're lighter. More opportunities are coming in for jobs. What this is doing, it's causing positive reinforcement for you, mm-hmm. which is going to stress. It's going to strengthen that behavior of bleaching mm-hmm. because you're going to hit. Holma, Those are positive reinforcement, mm-hmm. which then tells you that your normal original skin was not beautiful enough. Right. This, you know, is a personal uh, 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 story. In my case, my younger sister, when she was getting married, you know, close family members, you know, saying, "Hamga wedding baby," you know. And my younger sister, you know, although it was not coming from a place of uh, maliciousness, mm-hmm. you know, they were trying, they were not trying to be malicious. Mm-hmm. They were trying to 
in their minds, they were trying to help her be the most beautiful she could be in her day. And to them, being lighter is more beautiful. So they tell her, do these few things to help make you look better. And my sister was offended. And she said, no, I'm not going to do that. I love my dark skin and I'm going to, I'm going to rock my dark skin the way it is. And so, but so said, Lord, there's not everybody who's that confident. Right. Exactly. That person, they they start, they start to Mm self-doubt themselves. Mm -hmm. They start, they start to think that, that's what we are. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, not that the people that are telling you, they're not bad people. They've just been conditioned by society to think that it's what gets you to places. And, and unfortunately, it does in some instances. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we, unfortunately, we have to just make sure that um, you know, as as a community, as a cult, you know, you so I get so I learn. Guy Hessel said, "Do I begin to you a lighter? Do this boy part She doesn't see herself in you. Exactly. The boy does not see himself in you, and they start to say, "Mom, aluta yonga hess ni man manuli mani dama buga melni." That's what you, that hanga lege lege sun own. Our actions, we don't think about the consequences right. of our own actions mm-hmm. when it comes to our children, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But we are not thinking about the consequences this has, psychological consequences it has on our children. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, Yangi change concept of what it means to be black. Right. Yangko teach being your skin is not appropriate or it's not desirable. Mm-hmm. Even though you don't, you don't, you don't verbally say that to her. Your actions are teaching her that. Right. Mustad her own Liam Kolam do love her skin because you didn't love your skin, right? right? right. And then research has shown that you know. Mothers who bleach, right? Their their daughters are more likely to bleach. Makes sense. You know, because you are teaching them a different uh, 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 perception of what it means to be beautiful. Mm-hmm. So for women, sometimes maybe because we don't think about it that way, Lola. So people who change their skin color are bad people. It's just that they're going through their own, own struggles right. exactly. is what it is. Yeah. Whether, whether we want to admit it or not, right. those that are changing their skin color are going through their own struggles and they feel ne, changing their skin color to a lighter skin adds value to who they are. Right. And that's sad. Yeah. You know? It's very that's sad. What it but um, I, ju- I just wanted to, because um, we've been chatting for a while, just wanted to try and like um, wind it up and just ask, um, I guess I'll go with you, our Mary. What do you think are your takeaways from this discussion? And also, like, what tips do you have as a mom, as a black mom to black kids, and also being a light skinned woman who has dark skinned kids or brown skinned kids? What are the tips that you think you can share with other mothers out there that they can learn from so we could do um, that? Yeah, sure. Uh, so, I mean, I can only share, obviously, I've learned this is. You know, as we speaking, I'm just like, okay, 
Um, like I mentioned earlier, I, sometimes I catch myself saying these things like, oh my God, you know, I need to work on my stomach or I hate myself. Like today, I literally said it because I woke up, I ate. Lord, if people that know me know I'm a foodie, I love to eat. I can't diet. So I had, you know, my coffee, I had bread, I have all these snacks. And then right before we got into this call, you know, I had lunch. And then right before we got into this call, I had a big old bowl of rice. And I was like, what the hell did I just do to myself? So I was sitting here feeling guilty because I didn't even like literally went upstairs and, and come down. That's the most activity I've done all day. I've been sitting all day working and, um, you know, the, but these are the, the type of things that I've said, like my daughter was here earlier. I was like, oh my God, mom is just lazy today and she's so fat. And I have to catch myself. Like when I say these things that need to be in my head, actually, I shouldn't even say it. So I've learned that today, just talking with you guys, like reinforcing that I should not do that. I know better and not to, you know, talk down on upon myself and just know that, hey, you know what, whatever, it comes with it. And then tomorrow, you know, I get up and I'll do my exercises and I'm good. Um, but one thing that I usually, um, that I'm doing now, because again, just learning, um, you know, I started with my son and then now having daughters is a little bit more different um, with them. So they started earlier on having um, people picking them from school when we were in the U.S., like telling them, you can't play, you know, Jesse from this show because you're Black. So you can't play that when they're playing outside or you can't play this person because yeah. that, person, that person is blonde or whatever. Um, or, you know, telling them, you look like poop. And I remember my daughter, she was four years old when she asked me that, Mommy, do I look like poop? And I was like, who said that? And it was a... Um, a person in school. And so I had to go to school and address that. But they start really early looking at their skin color and they constantly come to me and say mm -hmm. mommy I wish my hair was like yours you're so lucky um you know and mm -hmm. um good thing is they've never come to me to say anything about the color of my skin or anything like that I think when it comes to color I think they you know aside from people people picking on them obviously saying that you know they're darker um, I know they're usually really happy to see a lot of black people. They feel, you know, a sense of belonging when they see black people. Um, so mm -hmm. I think the hair thing for them, for my daughters, is a thing um, because they prefer their hair to be flat ironed and go to school because they can easily comb it. And when it's kinky, they feel like they can't comb it and it hurts and they don't like it. So they're constantly saying, I'm so lucky to have this hair. They want to play with it. They want to braid it. And I feel awful for it, which I constantly try to reinforce them. Like, love it. You know, you have so many, you know, such beautiful curls. Like, I wish my hair was like you guys. And I show them different things that they can do with their hair and try to wear it as natural as possible constantly or even put them on braids and so on and so forth. But it's just um, reinforcing them with their body, the image, you know, um, just love yourself however God made you. And that will make you happy. And um, pretty much showing them that, you know, hey, I know this filter's here and we use, you know, you can use the Snapchat to do the butterflies in your face and so on, but don't try to alter your image just because this is what it mm -hmm. is. Doesn't make it that, you know, that is the prettier you or the filters now that changes your eye color. You know, my daughter likes the blue one. She's like, oh, I have blue eyes. I love it. <laughs> and I'm like, doesn't mean that you cannot love your brown eyes because you have this brown eyes that are very light and chocolatey mm -hmm. and you know, you got to love 
anything, whatever God's given you, you know, just try to love that. And I do the same thing, even with boys where you think that it's not. My son is constantly saying, you know, oh, my forehead has this line or this. And, and I'm just like, oh, my God. But that's just human nature, right? You constantly find something, especially like okay. I mentioned with social media now, where, you know, people are altering their images. And so you try to compare that when that's not even reality. We all have our own insecurities. But what we can do as parents, especially as mothers, is just to make sure, you know, we, we focus on those daily affirmations where, you know, reinforcing them to know that they're beautiful, that, you know, God have a, God created you, you got to love the skin that you're in, et cetera. So that's just my, literally my take. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And Dr. Nafi? Just to piggyback on a little bit about what our Mary just said, you know, like this topic, of, honestly, we can talk about it for days, right? Because it's pretty heavy. Mm-hmm. There's just layers to it. But the takeaway message is pretty much just we need to highlight more of our self-love, you know, with ourselves. And we also need to make sure we make a conscious effort to not be body shaming whether it's our children, our family members, cousins, aunts, anybody, you know, in our culture, you know, I'm going to, you know, flip it a little bit in Mandinka. Sure. <laughs> You know, wala mbafola musukoyolo nsasa aboroti. Nyantale ngang hakilo tu woto because na dindingol be keba yaka. Wole ba tina lai befele ntinsayi. Ilafta keba lol falik. Ilafta ibe hesa lol kela. You know, so al nyantale ngang hakilo tu. Nimbe diyamula dindingol ye. Nkakari motonyi because abalobe findine. Wala ning mo uluta kulio binakela. Yafa marie. Muna ite leral ninkela ba. Ite hesa la domandimba. Wol be ba tinala le moltina la fila ifangol balobe nyameng ala ya dada nyameng moltina la fila wola abatina la le mobe ya foko he maybe mbalo manjinya mbatu ngata ngata mbalo ulendi for 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 molsem futu for do kuol se dinna you know so alingan hakilo tu woto bake sain jamano felenting hani niko ibe musufingo njine naka kasadadi ya letina asotono la gambia banko kon mobe ibe kwaire you know so we definitely have to make sure we we keep an eye on that and just on the on the what i said i don't know if you guys kind of got it or not but i it's a, it's like a joke that people this one lady used to say in gambia she said nowadays in gambia ah so buge jot jigen bunyul sarax sax do am jigen bunyul gambia mune ligi dir gambia do fagis ben jigen bunyul koy suñ suñ lene demal joxi sarax nit ku ñul you're going to be going for days looking right. because nowadays more it's hard to find mm-hmm. So just, you know, just to make sure uh, we have our us community, you more conscious, like especially things like music videos, mm-hmm. uh, make sure that you, you promote our dark skinned black sisters. Mm-hmm. In the video, it gives them such confidence, right? So, so, so why when you have music video, you have speech, you take it. Legi yo halibunda obo hamne mungi nyul kuku. Yo lo yangal kuku. Hamga. So so these are things where we can make changes in our community, on com, in, a, in community levels, right? Billboard yek, komsunyo advertise ni. Huh? Man ser luna buba ne gambia sumademe ni mangi mangi talibi. Billboard yubari, jigen yu khesi. Rek nga agis si advertisement ni. 
yo lolo lan la neka di wasa community bi xale yu ñu li jankay ñu li ak ak suñ 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 boy suñ ñu li yang leena jema tal ne yo bo neke xale bu goor yo jank bu xess rek nga wara buga parce que ñom ño nek ci billboard yi ñom la nit ñi buga we giving these cues social cues that are not very healthy so ñu bayyi healthy lolo so neke ko xamne da nga da nga amé advertisement company legi legi jelal ko xamne xawna ñuul tuti ci janghay suko defé yenen janghay gën melni mom ñu né ah jangha bu ñuul ba ngi ni mu ngi ci tv bi kon lolu legi baxna there was a a a, a news uh, a thing i saw on tv not too long ago in gambia there was a dark skin girl reading the news and i got so excited seeing her because that's not the norm unfortunately mm-hmm. right so it's nice mm-hmm. it's nice ne ñu ngi gis ne ñu ngi use dark skin people making it normal pour suñu xale yi gis ko you know and our men make sure you also reinforce that xam nga ne ne you know mange taka ko xamne ki dafa ñuul black beauty la la lolu dara nek ci you know then the younger kids sa dom bu ndaw bi dina wax ne eh suma papa amna jabar bu ñuul so mani tamit it's okay ne ma bay suma skin bi nu melni jarut ma hessal pour am jikir you know man amon na time bo xamne fekk seyuma won in bi man bima dan dem holiday in gambia am bena ci suma anti kuma wax ne ah yow sa wang bu sew bi la yow ban gor ban gori gambia la buga yes she did so we need to stop body shaming skin shaming each other and so just as a general uh, as a general uh, medical side of things ngeen bayyi health ci 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 hessal li yi ngeena use bagage yi ngeena use di hessal legge legge ko xamne amut xaliss dina resort to using unhealthy methods of hessal ha how man da hessaling is even a word right so think ngeen ngeen kom nga dem ci marse bi ni dem ci lawbe ni nga jenda products fofu nga ne yange hessal because yo amulo halis pour jenda diw bu cher bi right yo nga dem ci marse bi ci lawbe nga jël lo xamne baxut ci sa yaram bi nga nga riboko suko defé sa yaram bi ambe yu ñu legge legge things yo there are certain chemicals ifa neka baxut ci sa yaram bi dafa def sa der bi dafa daf ko def mu thin xawma nuñ de waxe thin ci wolof aké aké balou oyof 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 aké balo aka 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 aké balo féyandilé ha ibatina la le ika barama junalé ni ni ka ni ni hessal si falké balo bala so sometimes that's why when you go to get surgery they ask you in gambia or in these countries have you bleached your skin because what it does is it thins out the steroids and hydroquinone in the products it thins out your skin sometimes you have poor wound healing sayaram bi du telali you know so 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 so, so ganyo do tell a uh, uh, heal or fadju you know easy breaking of st- of skin and stuff like that irreversible damage so by lens and health chi 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 some of the products you gonna use bole neke america ngane wa one product you might use germany la joge swiss swiss la joge or or whatever other places yo yo yep there's a lot a lot of chemicals in there that are very harmful to your body If there's no regulations who's checking to make sure a chemical being out of sayram after 10 years that's not soaking up in your skin causing other health issues so definitely and due diligence in 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 making sure that you're not just using harmful products on your body and better yet let's just love our bodies the way it is and i know it's because people have been made to feel less than 
That's why some people resort in changing who they right. are. So we need to love each other, support each other, whatever skin tone that we are. And that's pretty much, I think I covered um, all of it from my end. Awesome. Take it away, Anna. Thank you so much, Dr. Nafi. Definitely gems to take away from. And thank you to you too, our Mary. And um, it's time for us to wrap up. So I just wanted to end by asking our listeners just to be courageous. Um, it will take a lot of courage to stand up to family when you witness acts of colorism and body shaming. And oftentimes you'll be criticized for being too uptight or for being the party pooper. Um, you know, family may start to whisper about you and some may even start to avoid you and you'll get the eye rolls or the deep size. Oh, you know, but just prepare yourself for the backlash, but please continue to be courageous and, you know, be encouraged by the fact that as uncomfortable as it might feel mm -hmm. when you speak out in your family, it's not as bad as children being made to feel uncomfortable mm -hmm. in their own skin. So it's our job to protect our children. Uh -huh. So know the perpetrators of colorism in your Absolutely. family and call them out. Don't let jokes about skin tone go unaddressed. Uh -huh. Don't let jokes about body shaming go unaddressed. It's okay if they say, oh, because her daughter's dark skin. That, it's okay. You can talk bad about me, but what you're not going to do is come into my space with my family mm -hmm. and make my children feel bad because it's my job to protect them. And I feel like as adults and as the parents, if we take that route, we really will spare our children a lot of pain that later on manifests itself into going into bleaching and going mm -hmm. under the, the surgery table when it really isn't necessary, or sometimes they have body dysmorphia. So we just want to say thank you for listening. Thank you for hanging out with us. This was a great topic. As again, we had said we we're going to come here and touch on topics that are considered taboo. We're not going to shy away from anything. So thanks for hanging in there with us, ladies. Definitely. It has been fun. Absolutely. And we'll All see right. this again see next you. week. Yeah. Yeah.